Welcome to the Nerd Normie Podcast. I'm a big film nerd, Everett. And I'm Emerald, and I'm engaged to a nerd. On this week's episode, we'll be covering two movies. I picked Nimona on Netflix, directed by Troy Quain and Nick Bruno. And I also picked a Netflix movie in Extraction 2, directed by Sam Hargrave. For both of these movies, we will do non-spoilers and then move into spoilers, and there will be time codes down in the description. Here we go. The queen killer is still out there. Everyone is scared. He's a murderer. He's a monster. He's perfect. So I picked Nimona for my movie. It just barely came out on June 23rd on Netflix. Um, it was cute. I mean, we... We watched it and we were a little unsure in the first half on what we were going to think, but it ends really strong. I mean, we're in the no spoilers section, so we'll go into it more later, but yeah, I think it's really good. I think the cast plays the parts really well. Um, I really like the animation style and yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, um, I think this is not a movie either of us would have normally watched, but there was a lot of hype around it over the last two weeks it's been out, um, and it made us take a chance on it. In the end, I am glad we did. I Yeah, the first act was a little rough, and I was very worried that I was not going to enjoy this movie, um, but it really grew on me, and I think... Nimona herself is both the greatest strength and greatest weakness of this movie. Um, she really got on my nerves in the first act and was too much. But as you kind of settle into her and her backstory, and I feel like also she kind of mellows out, and that's part of her character arc, um, and ends up being a very enjoyable character and a good movie by the end. Yeah, um, I told him I do have this fear because if I would have watched this movie at age 12 to 13, that would have been my whole personality is her annoyingness at the beginning. Um, the haircut, the hair color, I would have had it. The The mannerisms, the phrase, all of it, it would have been me. So I feel like we may be getting a surge of Nimona-like teens in yeah. the next <laughs> little bit. <laughs> the number of Nimona backpacks and hair, new school haircuts and stickers on water bottles and phone cases and... Little girls talking about wanting to murder people. You know, it's yeah. just... <laughs> I can, yeah, this is going to quite possibly take over that age demographic um, for better or for worse. I think there are definitely worse movies that generations have latched onto, so I would not be horribly upset if this was one that became, you know, era-defining or whatever. I think it deserves that for the most part. But I do think it's older kids. It's not going to be little yes. kids who are obsessed with it. Yeah, this is very clearly targeted at the... The night, school the to... Nightmare Before Christmas kids from yes. when we were growing up, <laughs> it's them. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's targeted at that kind of middle school plus or minus know your kid kind of range. Um, it's got some adult humor in there. It's got a lot of talking about violence, a little bit of violence, a little bit of blood, a little bit of blood, nothing crazy. Um, but there's a lot of I mean, Nimona's entire personality is wanting to murder the whole world and everyone she runs into. So, you know, I can understand why some people would be not wanting their kids to watch that but 
you know, that's not, it's not obviously teaching your kids to murder people or to do anything like that. Um, it's very much outcast leaning. So, like, yeah. if you have a kid who's, you know, might be struggling with accepting themselves or something. And yeah. so that age range, because I feel like when you're a lot younger, it's not really something that you're struggling with. But when you're coming into your pre-teens or yeah, teens, you're going to be... Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a it's a great conversation starter type movie. Um, And maybe, you know, it wouldn't necessarily start a direct conversation, but there are a lot of a lot of hints towards some marginalized groups and some experiences that many people go through in those years. Um, And even like depression and social anxiety, as well as um, accepting who you are and being seen as something and being not seen as certain things and all of this kind of stuff um preconceived you know people having a personal bias and issues and whatever from their pre-existing experiences and what how they were raised all of these types of things come up very prominently in this movie um and i think it's a great chance to let your kid experience those things and see that there, you know, there are communities out there that will love and accept them and um, give them kind of a place to exist, which is, uh, you know, a very good positive to this movie. Um, however, I know there are definitely going to be a large contingency out there that if they let their kid watch this, they will think they're being brainwashed and you know, it's just all this hippie nonsense and whatever, but I think it's a really good movie, so. Yeah, so the story is, you know, about an outcast guy, not really outcast guy, but a guy who grew up in normal society. He's not one of the royals or in this royal bloodline or anything, whose dream was to become a knight to protect their city. And their city's like a mix between old-timey and new like it's very yeah, it's like held their and... medieval traditions and architecture but they have flying cars and laser guns and yeah so it's that's pretty interesting um and he just wants to be a knight and the queen kind of finally lets him join the knighthood and train to be a knight and everything um and things go wrong and he ends up kind of he meets Nimona, the main character, and she's also an outcast, so she kind of seeks him out as her, to be his sidekick, kind of. Um, yeah. Yeah, this movie features Riz Ahmed as the kind of main knight who gets outcast. I mean, it's no sound of metal, but it's a decent performance from him. I, you know, there's nothing wrong. I think Chloe Grace Moretz, she plays her, she plays Nimona, she plays her part very, very well. Yeah, Um, and I also think it's a little, he's supposed to be kind of moody, brooding, stoic knight guy, um, and he kind of grows into a slightly more fun guy, whereas she's just off the walls from the start, so it allows for a more expressive performance. Um, Eugene from the Try Guys is in this. He's there. Yeah, he's fine. Wouldn't have known it was him and didn't feel like just casting for the sake of a name. So that's good. Um, 
I I didn't mind the animation style. It felt not cheap, but a little it was lacking a little something for me. It literally looks like the Puss in Boots one that you loved, so I don't I, know why you mean I why think you say that. What I mean, like, the Puss in Boots style and stuff has that little bit of, like, painted look to it or hand-drawn, and the action's a little more kinetic, whereas in this movie it looks a little, it looks a lot like when you're learning animation and stuff and there's the presets and stuff in Adobe, it has that little bit of look to it. It's a little more flat. Everything feels like a 2D item put together to make a 3d space it's not bad by any means um i just you know for me it was not as eye-catching as some movies we've been seeing recently i disagree i thought it was really cool i liked the animation style i think it's cool that people are trying new stuff instead of sticking with the disney or pixar yes i'm glad it's not a disney pixar look yeah and that's been used so much and i feel like i think it's cool that people are leaning into another look um he's confusing because it looks just like that wish movie that's coming out that he also said looked really cool the first time we saw the trailer and then the second time we saw the trailer he said it looked awful so ignore him Yeah, I I don't know. There is the first time I saw Wish was more just like, oh, I'm excited Disney's trying something new. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, this isn't as good. I was just It's I because think, we saw the Spider-Verse movie in between and the times he saw the trailer. And the first. <laughs> yeah, but then just that's what I'm saying is there are better versions of this out there. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it looked nice. Yeah, it just I don't know. This one it lacked a little something for me um not to say it's bad i like it it's not bad or i think what it is is it felt more like a tv show animation i guess yeah it looked more i mean it's a tv show style yeah i'm just saying it doesn't quite have that same film quality to it for me um but yeah Overall, I would recommend this one. Should we move into spoilers? Yep, let's do it. So, the reason that the night, you know, we're in the spoilers section now. The reason that the night is um, outcasted in the end is because when he's getting knighted by the queen, his sword had been swapped out by one with like a laser blaster in it and he kills the queen and everyone thinks he's a murderer. Um, And then Nimona finds him because she's looking for a villain who everyone hates because everyone hates her so she can team up with him and kill everybody and make them all pay is her plan um and he's like "Mm, no i don't want to kill everyone i'm not supposed to be the villain yeah um and it ends up being the person who runs like the night school institute thing um and i have a few dilemmas with this story in the sake of just like they finally got her to admit on film, like on a recording, that she did betray the queen or whatever. And then she stabs who we think is Golden Loin, the one of the knights, which is such a silly name. But um, she stabs him and kills him and whatever. And then she finds out it's actually Nimona in disguise. But then she flips it around and says that that's Nimona was her in the video and whatever so everyone's still after them 
but that doesn't make sense because she can't be both of those people. So I would have just said that to get my name cleared. I don't know. That just seems yeah, like a weird I think plot hole to me. The the video clip they show that they recorded was it appeared to be like from Nimona's eyes somehow. Um, not really explained how they got that recording because Reza Ahmed comes out from around the corner with the recording, but it's like a POV of Nimona looking at yeah. the Queen Lady. So. And for whatever, and I think just to get around this issue, they never show the her killing Golden Loin part. They only show the admitting she murdered someone yeah, part. Yeah, that just seems silly. I know, but I'm just saying that's how they get around it is they just yeah, but show like, part of it. In real life is what I'm saying. If yeah. they would have recorded it, it would have been on the recording. You know, I don't know. Um. Anyway, so that was kind of weird. But yeah, they win in the end i don't really know how to go over the whole story i don't really think you know if you watched it you're probably watching this so (laughs) yeah um yeah i think it's not anything unpredictable i think pretty quick in i said oh it's her and then it was the oh yeah like the evil lady it was very it's the first person you'd think of to have done it is the one who did it yeah um and you know Nimona and her shape shifting powers and stuff it's fun and it's goofy and it never explains why she's the only person who can shape shift and my other beef with it is the fact that why does she choose to be a 12 year old girl for the rest of eternity when she's like a thousand years old yeah I don't know because then they can market to 12 year old girls yeah um exactly (laughs) yeah uh and then the conclusion of the movie at first I was like you know do I so Nimona is ousted as being a monster and whatever blah 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 everyone hates her because she's a monster Uh, even though she you know no one ever gave her a chance and that's why she's so mean and hates the world and then um, some stuff happens and the main knight Riz Ahmed's character starts to fear her again and be worried because she he gets shown some artwork from a thousand years ago that shows Nimona trying to destroy the city or whatever um and so he becomes like wait tell me is this you and she goes really you think that might be me and then he gets scared and starts to draw his sword or whatever and so she feels incredibly betrayed um at the same time it is yes her. it was her so like i think you know again in the logical reasonable world you would say listen to me that was me this was a thousand years ago let me tell you what happened because when you see what actually happened again did she almost destroy an entire city yes but was she justified in the world of an animated movie yes and so she's not really the villain so much as a product of her environment yeah. and forced to do this. And so, like, and Riz Ahmed has basically this whole movie been coming around to the fact that, yeah, she may be what was always taught to me as a monster, but I still like her. And so then to just not even give him the chance to do that. I mean, I know you want to set up your third act conclusion, but at the same time, it felt like yeah. a little bit. But then the third act is so good, and she turns into a giant monster to go destroy the city. Which I really liked the design of that monster. It was cool, this, like, shadow creature 
with wispy shadow coming off of it and these bright white lights inside. Yeah. Um, and she goes in and she starts like rampaging through the city, but not necessarily to destroy it, but she's going to impale herself on a giant sword statue of her friend from a thousand years ago who betrayed her and wanted to kill her. Yeah. Because she found out she was a monster. Um, and like all the people as she's going through the city are kind of realizing like, yes, she might be scary right now, but she's like a person. Yeah. Um, and so this is where like, I was a little like, do I feel like a kid's movie should end with someone someone trying to to impale themselves on a giant sword? And initially I was like, no, but then I was also like, well, this isn't for like three-year-olds. This is for middle schoolers who are starting to deal with these feelings and these emotions. And I think it's the kind of thing many parents would shy away from and would not want their kid exposed to. And all that's doing is making them feel like they're alone. Yeah. Pushing those feelings down and making them feel alone and being, you know, someone who went through a lot of mental health struggles and stuff. I think it can be very important to have movies like this to help you understand and not feel alone and have hope for the future because, and partly, yes, I'm a film school grad, so I romanticize the power of film, but also, like, it is, there's a reason it's one of the biggest, like, entertainment and mediums for art. We have both, you know, billion-dollar franchises, but also these beautiful pieces of art that make people cry and laugh and feel things and understand the world around them why shouldn't we make movies that help middle schoolers some of the most vulnerable kids yeah process these emotions so yeah overall the ending the night goes up and stops her from impaling herself and then later she ends up exploding saving the town but then comes back at the end um but (laughs) basically the message is just like don't judge people before you know them or the fact that like you accepting someone could literally save their life so it's it's pretty good it's a good message i think it is it should be marketed towards slightly older children yeah i would say between 10 and 15 is probably the the sweet spot the sweet spot for this yeah Yeah. um yeah it was it was really good in the end it was tough warming up but eventually I I liked it it was really good uh what would you rate it I will give this the the first act really dragged for me and I was really worried I was not going to like this movie at all yeah but I'll give it a 7.5 out of 10 yeah that's right where I am too about a 7.5 between a 7 and an 8 yeah it's not the best kids movie I've ever seen it's not one I'm super eager to watch again. But I'm glad it exists. But I'm glad it exists, and I will recommend it to people, and I hope there are more movies in this vein in the future. Yep. Hey, boss. No. Who are you? The name's Nimona. Your sidekick has arrived. I don't need a sidekick. Every villain needs a sidekick. I'm not a villain! All right, Extraction 2 is the latest film from Sam Hargraves and stars Chris Hemsworth as uh, Tyler Rake, the most generic action hero name. Um, And to some extent, that's what you get, a generic 
action movie. Um, it is the follow-up to the first Extraction, um, which for me is a much stronger movie overall. Uh, it kept its momentum and saved its big crazy set piece for later in the movie, whereas this one has a huge action sequence up top that uh, is all in the trailers and what everyone's talking about, and then the movie continues. But honestly, this set piece fell flat. Um, and so, yeah, as an action movie, when your big action moment gets a little stale and boring, it's not great. I told you, I am sick of the trains. <laughs> I am so sick really of it. It is really funny that right after the the past few weeks of her complaining about trains, we watch yet another action movie with a train sequence. And it's like a 20 minute train sequence with no background music and just like, it's like an awkward video game cutscene that they forgot to add music to. Yeah, there's, um, there's a, the Mummy movie with Tom Cruise that came out a few years ago. They accidentally released the trailer without any of like the special effects, sound effects, ADR, all that stuff. Um, and it sounds like that, this movie. Like, there are the sounds of a punch, there is the grunt of ow, there is a the bang of the gunshot, there is no music, there is no... And it's not, like, the type of movie that's so artistic that the gunshots create a beat, or, like, you know, like, something you might find in a um, Edgar Wright movie or something where the natural environment helps create this kinetic musical sound. It is just boring. They didn't pay for music or they forgot the, <laughs> forgot, or for some reason thought the action could carry it. And it's not that it's bad action. I know Sam Hargraves comes from a stunt background and is very good at understanding stunts. And so the stunts, I'm sure, are incredible. However, it lacks any flair or stylization it gets very boring and the second half of the movie they do a little bit more music the also the opening scene is a quote-unquote one take that thing that's infected hollywood where you try and make a super long sequence where you do these really bad cgi camera wipes behind objects and whatever um and it goes on for like 20 minutes and it's really long. And then the later half of the movie, you add music, you actually edit your scene to make it entertaining, and the movie's much better. And I actually enjoyed the second half Yeah, for an action movie. And we were both really pretty much bored. Uh, and, well, not really bored, but we were like, okay, this is a generic action movie. It's fine. Right up until Chris Hemsworth winks at the little girl in the <laughs> movie, and she winks back. And then we're like, this is the best movie of the year. She is the cutest little human I've ever seen. Uh, So that really carried the movie for me. Um, I liked I liked the some of the later action and it was okay. Yeah, I think there's now that we can everybody does with these like one take action scenes. There's one in like the Northman. We had 1917, which is an entire movie shot to be like one take. We have Birdman. That's like that. Uh, the first extraction has a long sequence like this. It's become the thing to do, particularly in action. And it just means that you can't... Like, the beauty of editing and the reason people invented it and it is the common thing to do in movies is not 
everything is interesting. And so you want to show this guy doing a crazy stunt in the back. Then you've got to get all the way back to our main characters. If you're smart or if you're like following normal the movie style, you would just cut to that character and you wouldn't have to sit through five seconds of just a camera moving from point A to point B to cover logistics. But in this movie, you do. Yeah. Or it just feels very forced and like, oh, of course, this is the way it's going because they can't cut. And so it doesn't feel like it flows naturally. Sorry about our cat, if you can hear him yet again. And you miss crucial character beats or facial expressions or a moment to connect with a character over what's happening in favor of continuing this shot for the sake of doing a really long one take. I don't think it makes the stunts any more impressive because, again, Sam Hargraves is very good at creating and making sure stunts are done in an incredible way so later in the movie it still feels like these guys are getting thrown around and punched and doing crazy stunts even though there's editing it doesn't feel cheap like they're just cutting around all the action like they did in the early 2000s but we get these really obnoxious long takes that are slow and lose momentum and there's no reason for it to be you know outside of oh it'd be cool if we did another one yeah kind of lame um yeah it was it was fine and then later the action does get a lot better because of the cuts and it moves quicker um the storyline is generic and basically the first one yeah i mean if you know the title of the movie you know what's going to happen (laughs) and then yeah it it ends yeah and it's over and that's that's the, it. <laughs> the non-spoiler version of this movie. All right. Um. In terms of spoilers, there's not a lot to spoil. Yaz dies. Yaz dies. The movie happens. People get shot. People get extracted. People get extracted. So basically, the premise is Chris Hemsworth is injured from Extraction 1 and out of the game, whatever, and then his ex-wife send somebody to contact him and is like hey i need help come help extract my sister she's in prison um with a gang person living in prison in um georgia not the u.s georgia the country georgia uh and so he's like fine i'll do it he gets his team from the first movie back together they go to Georgia, they extract the family, they kill the drug lord husband, father. His son is brainwashed crazy and so thinks it's a good idea to be a, a brutal drug lord uh, and calls to alert them that they are now hiding out in Switzerland. And so they come to go get him and then the son realizes, oh, I don't want to be with an abusive, awful father. I guess I do want to be with my nice, loving mother and sister. So then he's, we're supposed to forgive him and redeem him. I mean, he is like 15. Yeah, I'm not blaming him. I just, there's not a lot. Of character redemption. Yeah, there's just like flip a switch of people going, hey, that was dumb. And then he goes, oh no, that was so dumb. Why'd I do that? And then everyone dies because of his decisions. Um, I mean, again, not that you're going to throw that at the feet of a 15-year-old. 
Uh, but so yeah, they come to Switzerland. There's some better action. That's not a dumb one. Take out of the jail. Yeah, there's a gym sequence that is just so fun, so fun and brutal. Yeah, like that's that's what I expect out of these movies: clever stunt work that you haven't seen before. You know, part of I think the issue of that prison breakout, get on the train, escape sequence is it's nothing new. Yeah. You know, he fights through some corridors, then he's out in a yard and there's a bunch of people around him. Then they get on a train and they slowly make their way to the front of the train and bits and of it explode. there's also no explanation of how they, where the train came from. They're just yeah. in the prison and then they're on a train. Fully loaded with all the weapons they need. And I know, like, that's, he has his team and that's what they do or whatever, but it just, like... They didn't even talk about it. Some sort of plan, yeah being established so then i knew what was coming or if i saw like okay we've got to get to this car because it has this thing in it and then that gets destroyed and it's like oh no he's got to figure something out but no it's literally just keep walking forward action anyway yeah second half in switzerland much stronger yaz gets shot and dies um they end up in a church and they have And the kid has a bomb a on his chest and then he has to fight the bad guy and he stabs him with a screwdriver a lot. Yep. And then uh right at the end there's this like darkly funny moment where it's like panning up from them. Um or it's panning up from them as in Chris Hemsworth and the main bad guy, like laying bloodied from beating each other up on the on the floor and the guy's like, I'll never stop all or some dumb generic villain thing and then Chris Hemsworth just Re- pulls his pistol and shoots him in the side of the head and then just rolls over and gets up yep. and uh and then they go away and then he goes away oh and then Idris Elba shows up again he was the guy who helped recruit him in the first place and goes hey don't worry about what my name is because I'm the classic Mr. Nobody <laughs> Mr. Nobody from the Fast and Furious movies uh and if you help me I will give you money or something. Yeah. And then the movie ends. So I think they're really hoping for some sequels. I am not desperate for one, but I'd watch one. Yep. I like an action movie from time to time. And I think these are the type of action movie that's like, yeah, they do enough interesting things. And I like Chris Hemsworth and the rest of the cast enough that I'll watch it. Yeah. What would you give this one out of 10? Oh, I don't know. That first part really sucked. Yeah. Um, yeah both. And I'm also not an action movie person. It has to be like a really good action movie for me to be invested. Like Top Gun. Like Top Gun Maverick. That one was good. <laughs> um, Mission Impossible coming out soon. Maybe a five? Yeah, I'm not going much higher. I'm going to give it a six. Yeah. Um, I am slightly more into action movies than you, but... I'm between a five and a six. It was fine. Yeah. I'd always rewatch the first over this or try something new. I don't think I'll really ever return to this unless there's like a third or a fourth and I decide to do like an extraction marathon for whatever reason. But yeah, there you go. That's our thoughts on extraction two. All right, everyone okay? Kids, you good? Why did you come back for them? Do you know her? Tyler? 
All right. Thank you for listening to our episode this week. Make sure you follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Nerd and Normie and tune in every Monday for new episodes. And if you're listening on audio platform, please leave us a five star review. It really helps us out. And if you are watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. Thank, thank you. you.